We are back with another Black with No Cream podcast. New episode every single Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. On today's episode, we sit down with my dog and TDE's very own behind-the-scenes legend, Matt Genius. Matt runs the entire merch operation for Top Dog Entertainment, which, if you are not familiar with, houses some of the top artists today, such as Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, SZA, etc etc matt has been working with them for years perfecting the online shopping experience for fans marketing options and even tours with the artists he just completed his largest job yet which is putting together a pop-up shop for kendrick lamar's damn tour in the united states they did pop-up shops all over the country before a shit ton of shows and allowed fans to come and purchase rare merch it was a huge success matt is also a very talented artist going under the name matt genius and just now began calling himself r.i.p matt genius which he explains the name in this episode Matt and I met on Schoolboy Q's Blank Face Tour, and I was even on his podcast, Genius Frequencies, about a year ago, if you want to check that out. Plan to hear some of the great stories, like the time he toured with Kendrick Lamar and Kanye West, and how before he was actually employed by TD, he would leave his 9-to-5 job at a bank to drive over an hour each way to go to the TDE house to intern. Matt is incredibly inspiring and very wise when it comes to music and marketing. You can plan to gain some good insight on this episode right here. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, you're probably wondering what does Black Window Cream stand for. Black Window Cream is a private content creator group fueled by caffeine, or at least I take my coffee Black Window Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We are a private group on Facebook, open to creators of all kinds, aka if you make videos, if you're a photographer, if you do marketing, management, editing, dancing, music, etc, etc, etc. All creators are welcome. Our private group has been growing rapidly. We have a shit ton of members working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our group if you want to by going to blackwindowcream.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. If you're interested in supporting Black Window Cream, please go to bwnc.com slash merch. We have hats, shirts, stickers, pins, shit, all kinds of shit. It's all available in the store. I appreciate anyone who picks up some merch. If you don't have the funds, I totally get it. There's another way you can support. Just leave us a review on iTunes. Any review I get helps me learn what to do. It helps people find the shit, everything like that. You get how it goes, whatever. Just you know leave a review share the podcast with your homies etc etc you get it all right that's it i don't want to keep you too long i hope to see you guys in the private group enjoy the work week keep creating make sure to tune in every single sunday for a new black window cream episode and without further ado i bring to you my motherfucking interview with mad genius and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. And we're fucking back. Today, with my friend, Matt Gant. Yes, sir. How you doing, dog? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. Yeah, you are blessed, man. Yeah. You, uh, Matt Matt is a dear friend of mine, and we met a little while back um, on Schoolboy Q's tour. He was slinging merch, and uh, I was shooting videos, and we became friends. Yeah, we did. We truly became friends that one day, uh, we had a day off, and we went and got food together. We walked really far. Yeah. And then I think that's when our friendship began. But Matt does um, like all of the TDE merch shit. He basically is the behind-the-scenes dude that is running the merch stores. He's in charge of pop-ups, 
just manhandled the fuck out of this uh, Kendrick Lamar pop up. That was was that all U.S. or was that out of state too or out of country? Uh, it was it was U.S. right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he just conquered that shit. Made sure all these pop ups were working, and also is a motherfucking musician, which I didn't know until you know part way into this tour. But Matt is a beast rapper and also produces his shit too. You produce all your own music? Uh, no, 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 no. But you like make beats and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Matt's dope. So what's Gucci, bro? We're drinking wine right now. Yeah, yeah. Matt just got here, so I was like, all right, we're going to have some wine. I had like eight cups of coffee today, so neither of us were interested in that. <laughs> do, you dr- do you drink coffee? Um, uh, For the sake of this podcast, yes. Thanks, dude. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, no, I do. Uh, y'all probably don't think I'm a little bitch, but I actually drink decaf. Ooh, <laughs> oh, everyone stops playing the podcast right now. <laughs> it's okay. I prove that. Nah. Yeah, no, honestly, Decaf, like, what the fuck? When I drink, nah, when I drink, when I drink coffee, like, I just get like mad jittery and like, oh, yeah, I cannot be productive because, like, I just be like, nah, I hear that. Uh, uh, Red like, Bull and that shit do the same thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, like, decaf, Weird. like, decaf still has like caffeine in it. So, I've mastered it to where it's like the right amount for me to where I get that like kick and that like, yeah. all right, let's get shit done. Like, but if I drink like a grande, like, like like a baby coffee, like a white chocolate mocha or something, like I'm I'm done. I'm well, that's because no one drinks that shit anyway, <laughs> dog. That's you should be done. No one's drinking that shit. Not playing. <laughs> nah, Matt is fucking super sick. I know we're already on a tangent, but um, you just really recently released this new um uh, like character in your life which is because he if you follow matt on the internet it's um what is it what's your handle uh mg the genius mg the genius yeah and then you just created another instagram account called r.i.p matt genius right? right yep what the fuck what is that what is that um so like the past the past year like 2017 has been like a real like awakening like for myself like in terms of everything internal what's going on with me and and uh i came up with this concept of like killing off like like my ego Mm. because my ego has been running a lot of shit that's been happening in my life and i felt like that character was the mad genius character which is you know what i go by the stage name you know and i felt like that character like after like doing these shows and kind of getting recognition and all this stuff, like my ego started to kind of take over and I just felt like, nah, like it's not happening. Like, you know, so this, this project, this character, everything that I'm working on in terms of the music and even the merchandise too, like, you know, cause I'm, I'm doing the clothing with it too. It's literally like kind of like an open casket funeral for this character. That's so tight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the music and stuff is very reflective of it. Like, um, like the first song on the on the project that I'm doing is called "The Funeral," and it's just like me just kind of going in on like it, just really exposing like what's going on in my mind in terms of how I feel about myself. So like, give it okay. So just to put like a back spin on this shit, um, we met and you were doing the merch for Q, right? Mm-hmm. And then. We had a conversation. I actually was. You were talking about how you want. You had so much to do because you guys just. You had just released like the actual web stores for each artist, right? Like Q's web store 
came out or was, I mean maybe it's not a web store maybe it's on TD's site but like yeah we just relaunched we relaunched uh, uh, the the web store yeah. so he had like you could go there and find all this exclusive merch and then you had to go, like go to the tour to get some other shit yeah. or whatever but yep. but it launched and it was like booming mm-hmm. and you were running that and also on the road at the same time so you were like trying to multitask and it was like pretty difficult but then you were like, damn, I just need to get back to L.A. so I can, like, handle this business because yeah. it's, like, so crazy. Right. Linked you with my friend Zane, and then Zane came out, and you were able to, like, relieve yourself from that or whatever. Yeah. But it's crazy because, like, you were doing that, leave the tour to go back to work on this shit. And you've been with TD for how long? Uh, a little over five years now. Five years. Yeah. So, but you go back, and I know you, like, they, like, found out you did music and shit, but it was cool because, like, later in Q's tour, you, like, ended up doing shows with right. us or whatever. So, Matt's now, like, going and performing. And he was opening, or he was, we were sitting there like doing merch. And I was like, bro, you should open this shit. Cause like, I think we had lost our opener. Yeah. We had Joey, obviously, that was supporting the tour, but we had, we were supposed to have another opener and mm-hmm. they like dipped out or something happened. Right. I was like, yo, you should do that shit. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that'd be cool. I'm like, it would be cool. Yeah. You should do that shit right now, though. <laughs> yeah. That's what's crazy. Like, that story is like crazy because like after that combo, like obviously I'm still on the road doing merch or whatever. And then, uh, and I think we were, like, coming back from Canada, and Top just calls me and was, like, you know, just checking in, whatever. And then he's, like, yo, so, like, what do you think about opening up for Q? I was, like, what? Like, hell yeah. Like, I, of course. Like, you know, and but <clears throat> nothing happened during that time. And then all the craziness happened on the web store. You know, we're getting, it's, it's going crazy. And uh, sidebar, I'm not the only one who does this. I don't want anybody to think I'm the only one. No, for we sure. Got, There's like a whole got, team. Yeah, it's three of us, Diane, G-Day. We all fucking kill the shit. So. Right. Um, but anyways, like, so I had gone, I came back home, you know, tried to get everything in, in order with the online store. <clears throat> and then the tour comes back around to Cali. And then Top kind of brought it back up to me and was like, yo, like, I want you to open for Q, like, you know, for the L.A. shows and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, rehearse, get your set ready, all this stuff. And I was like, bro, like. That's crazy. Fuck it. Yeah, hell yeah, man. And if you're not familiar with, like, the TDE background, Top owns the label. Like, that's his label, right? Mm-hmm. Top Top Dog Entertainment. And um, so it's, like, a big deal to have this motherfucker hitting you, like, yeah. yo, you should you know what I mean you're my I know you run merch and do this shit but like I want you to actually perform songs yeah what what when was the first time you got to do that on that tour uh the first Vegas? show no the first <laughs> the, first, the nah. first no I mean with first us one, with the Q tour yeah the first one was uh uh Frisco I think it was Oakland no, oh was yeah Oakland. that's right I forgot we did some of those shows and then came back that way yeah it was Oakland that shit was terrible why it was terrible I had like this whole bit like what I wanted to say, I had like a skit and all this shit. I thought I was like fucking Q or Kendrick, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I can woo the crowd with like, you know, skits and all this shit. And then uh, my DJ, like we had this whole thing where like any anything I would say, um, he would hit a Q and say "Bitch, I'm balling" because I had a song called "Bitch, I'm balling." Right. right so when I when I we, I was doing a skit and then he would hit the Q and he'd be like "Bitch." And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and this is in front of like a thousand people, like yeah. 1,500 people. So I'm like, all right, let me keep going. Like, it was like, bit. And I'm like, fuck. Like, it's like silent. It's like awkward. Somebody, yeah. somebody yelled out, like, just perform the fucking song. 
How do I not? I must have been uh, back. Was, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was editing some oh, shit. Fuck, yeah, that's you were editing. funny. Yeah, I was like, fuck, like, oh shit. I was like, you know what? Just fucking yeah, play it. Play it, but it turned out good. Like yeah, everything was cool. Because as soon as that, I think that I must have low key got there right in the middle of Bitch on Ball. Yeah, I, he, that yeah. was the only song that I really knew at the time. Yeah. And when you played it, you played it last. Yeah, so yeah. I saw like the very tail end of your set and it looked like it was lit. Yeah. I would have never known all that <laughs> shit happened. That's crazy. But that's, yeah, all right, like circling back even farther, like before we get into the music side of shit, like what, you know, how the fuck did you end up like being involved with TD in the first place? How did you land this position? Man, uh, so back in 2011, <clears throat> I was working with... Um, I was working with some guys doing like clothing or whatever, like just some local shit. Like make designing and printing. And yeah, yeah, just some just some local shit. We're just trying to you know get our names out there. And then we met Fredo Tovar from A Plus Films, and we were kind of just you know just brainstorming like how do we how do we get out there? And at the time, he had a relationship with TDE, and he was shooting videos. He shot High Power, I think, at the time. So he was really tight. And then he was like, "Yo." Like, you know, th there's this guy, Kendrick Lamar, like, you know, he's he's buzzing in L.A., blah, blah, blah. This was even before Section 80 came out. So Kendrick wasn't really on a crazy scale like right, that. He was right. buzzing in L.A., but obviously nowhere where he is now. So we were like, uh, yeah, man, like, that'd be tight. He was like, what if you guys do, like, a concert, promote the concert, blast your name everywhere and as like the merch company yeah like the the promoter so you would be like the host of the show exactly mm -hmm. exactly so we're like yeah i think that'd be that'd be brilliant and we had you know some resources to pay for the concert pay for him performing all this stuff so we made it happen and uh from there that's where i met dave dave free and i kept the relationship with him i would see him like around <clears throat> like fairfax signings all this stuff and then um I fell out with the clothing company mm. and then I was I was like, man, like, what am I going to do now? So um, me and my girl were talking and she was like, like, you should really like work with TDE. Like, this is the time, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right. So I shot Dave uh, an email like, yo, like, if you need interns, I'm here, blah, blah, blah. Not expecting him to answer. And then immediately, like, he answered like, yeah, dude, like, hell yeah, blah, blah, blah. But then... I emailed him back and he never answered. So I'm like, fuck, like, I don't want to keep bugging this dude. So right. how do I, how do I kind of like finesse my way in or whatever? So, um, time goes by. Then, uh, Good Camp, Good Kid Mad City was about to come out. Fredo was, uh, shooting a commercial and I was helping Fredo like going to shoots or whatever. A commercial for TD? For, for Good Kid Mad City, yeah. Okay. So he hit me up. He was like, yo, come down. Like, we're about to shoot, whatever, whatever. So, I would help him out with like little shit, like moving stuff, moving lights, blah blah blah. Right, right. Um, so then Dave had went to that shoot, and I was like, okay, like this is opportunity. Like I gotta, I gotta, you know. Remember me? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was like, yo, like I'm serious about the internship, blah blah. blah. He was like, all right, like hit the, hit up this person. Um, so I hit I hit up uh, Duran, the homie Duran at the time. He was doing the merchandise. Hit him up. Came down to Carson, started interning. Fucking interning led to me overseeing this shit. And, you know, this is like one thing after another. I just kept taking initiative and here I am. Damn. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. What was, uh, when you did that show, what was, um, 
How many people were like coming out to the like? How big was that show for Kendrick? The first one? You oh, it's huge! It was huge. The the one we did is actually the one that um uh like Snoop everybody came out. Oh shit! Like they passed the torch to him. Like oh like shit, that was West your show. Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay, so but like, was that the goal? Like, was the goal like we want to be promoters for shows? But you're just printing. Sh- what was nah. like the concept behind the name or the brand you were trying to push? Like, why should people have given a fuck? The the so like. We just wanted to be seen with, like, obviously with influencers and artists, but we didn't really understand what we were doing. It was kind of just like, you know, we want to we want to get known. This guy has he, he's popular in L.A. Let's just attach our name to his and let's see. But we didn't really understand the 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 depth of how this can really promote propel this brand and i think that's why it didn't propel Mm. because we really didn't first of all we didn't really build a relationship with td and explain like what the brand was about and all this stuff and just really connect on a human to human basis and i think that's why it didn't happen but obviously we were young and didn't really we were naive to all the shit but um uh at the time it was huge like it, it was i think that was at that point that was Kendrick's biggest show. That's like, fucking yeah, crazy. that was, and I'm sure, like, if you ask him today, like, he'll remember that show because right. it was just so pivotal in his career. Like, that was like a stepping stone in yeah. his career to like the next level, Damn. you know? Because after that, then it was good Kim Mass City, mm-hmm. and then you know what happens after yeah, that, yeah. like, That's you know? Trippy. Yeah. So for for us to be a part of that, like, that was like wild, and then for me to be here still like in this situation it's like what the fuck some weird shit yes so what was like the first the first time that you actually went from intern to like getting paid because like i i think i'm a firm believer and you got to like pay your dues yeah i very much know that side of the life yeah and there's like a point where okay cool like I kind of did it. Right. Can I get, I need to pay for rent. Yeah. The gas I spend to get over here. Like for you, what was more important to you? Like, how did you, you know, navigate your way to getting paid, I guess? Cause the listeners here, I think are looking towards how do I, you know, I want to put in the work and I think they're willing to do it. They just don't know how to value themselves. Right. So like, what did you do? Man, honestly, I just, I stayed honest. Like I was honest. Like, um, I was working at, uh, I was working at like a like a bank at the time, like an office bank or whatever, and I was a temp mm. at this bank. So I was like, "All right, cool, like you know, I'll thug it out, whatever, whatever." And then um, the, the the drive for me was like mad far. Like I drove from Agora Hills to Carson. Like, is Agora Hills where you're from? No, that's where I worked. Mm. That's where I worked. So I worked. So that's like I think that's like fucking. 50 miles or something like that if i'm not mistaken and to i work was, at a bank yeah yeah so there was no banks close to you the, the, i mean i was the one i was hiring at the time yeah, like yeah Damn, like crazy. yeah because the homie had the plug and I, I really needed a job at the time so yeah. i got the job but it's it's 50 miles from carson not from where i where i lived it's 50 miles from carson so i was driving that like almost every day like i think it, some miles. yeah it, it was crazy so damn so <clears throat> I was struggling, like I was struggling big time, like struggling. I remember like there was one moment where like my tank was on E and I lived in Woodland Hills, right? So I was in Carson. I had to get to Woodland Hills, which is like a trip. Yeah, 40 miles or whatever. Yeah. My tank is on E 
And I'm like, fuck, I got to get home. So I'm driving like, fuck, like, what am I going to do? I had zero money in my bank, like literally zero. So I'm like, fuck, how am I going to get home? So I'm like, all right, whatever, drive, 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 drive. And I'm like, I'm not going to make it. There's, there's, no, there's no way I'm going to make it. Pull over. I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to try this shit out. <laughs> Swipe my card in the fucking tank. That shit worked. I got like 20 bucks, bucks out of it. Got home, whatever. But I, so I was honest with, with Top, like explaining like, oh, you know, I don't have any money for gas, da, 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 whatever. And then. Uh, and at the time you're doing what for him? So wait, okay, just to put it like to line everything up. You're driving that far to work at a bank. Meanwhile, you're also interning. So mm-hmm. you're doing both at the same time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like how many hours are you putting in at TD? Uh, shit, I would get there like, I would get there like at 6, like 6 p.m. Because I got off work like at three it took like three hours to get there God damn. yeah traffic like nasty ass traffic in la get there at six and then i would leave like one like one two a.m have to get up the next morning at six a.m so i get like four hours of sleep just dug it out wow yeah like dug it out and then um but i i kept it honest with him and i was i think what they saw is i was just really 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 hungry like i didn't give a fuck like if they live, if if it was in Vegas, like I dropped to Vegas, like I, I really didn't give a fuck because I knew the opportunity. And then uh, one day I found out I was getting laid off at the bank, and then I just told him like, "Hey, I'm about to get laid off. Like, you know, my time here might be affected because now I need to look for a job and get paid." And da 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 da. He was just like, "Well, when you get laid off, just come work for us." You're like, "Oh, I just got laid off." Yeah, <laughs> like right away. Yeah, actually, conveniently, <laughs> uh, right now. <laughs> no, but but that day. conversation, I that wasn't even my intent. Like I was just like, I'll still intern, but the hours just might so be know. affected. Yeah, like, just so you, you know, know, it's not gonna be as hard. Yeah, I might, I might have to come one day a week or two days a week, right. but I'll still come. Like, yeah, that's not a that's not an issue. I'm just letting you know, the time might be less because I need to find a job. Damn, to, and he know. just turned around and, like threw it at you. Yep. So the first job you had is was what title like what did you get really um i what i think uh at that time like i think the was deron still there i can't remember but um at that time like obviously the business was was growing because kendrick just put out an album um obviously we get more eyes more attention right merch is moving more like even more and then i was just trying to figure out ways to keep it make it more efficient so we didn't have to focus on like tedious things and focus on big picture things so i mean that's what i would do just like try to figure shit out you yeah. know what i mean try to figure shit out and then um and then the homie duran left or whatever and i stepped up and was just like started taking because top was still involved in in the merch like he would like fucking put in orders like for t-shirts to get printed or hoodies to get printed like he was still doing that damn yeah like he would like go in the emails and answer email like that type of shit and i was like nah like you don't gotta yeah do let that. me let me take but that's how that's how he is he just is like yeah he's hustle like you broke like hustle like you broke like that that's the For mentality sure. so i just started taking stuff off his plate and yeah i mean that's that's kind of it was just kind of like a i see a need i'm gonna do it like, you know, what's your official title right now? Or like, what would you say? 
Was uh, like, I mean, merchandise manager? I don't I, Like, it doesn't really... You yeah, guys all know your role, yeah, basically. It's just, yeah, just fucking get shit done. <laughs> That's basically what it is. But when did you when did you finally tell them about your music shit? Because, like, you've been doing that. Because, all right, where are you from originally? L.A. Just somewhere around here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Baldwin Hills. Okay. The jungles, as they like to say it. The jungles? Yeah. Why do they say that? Um. Well, it's it's like a, it's a neighborhood. It's a blood neighborhood. Um. I think, like... Back in the days, the um, celebrities and shit used to live there, and like it's a bunch of trees and stuff, so it looks like a jungle. Oh, for real? Yeah, but it's turned into like I mean, it's it's a it's it's a it's a neighborhood, man. It's a, a oppressed neighborhood, mm. you know. So that's another conversation, right? Well, shit. But yeah, that's where. How I'm long from. did you live there, though? Uh, I lived there from five to. Five to high school, end of high school. Where you, your parents were like, you're okay. So you were born in LA, lived there to high school. What were your family like? What did your family do? I'm trying to figure out what was it that made you literally drive over 120 miles a day. You Man, know what I mean? Like, how did you yeah, get that instilled? I, in it you? was just it, the struggle. Like my, I think my whole life, like it, it's always been a struggle. Like. My mom is single parent mom. Uh, she's deaf, mm. and uh, and like my sur- my upbringing was very. Uh, it was always challenging. Like it, I I always had a challenge in front of me. Right. You know what I'm saying. So whenever there's challenges in front of me, like it, I'm used to it. I'm used to living like with a lot of challenges. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And uh and my mom was on drugs and stuff like that. So it was just I always had to like fend for myself even when I was like eight, seven years old. Like I had to always figure out like, you know, when's my next meal? Like, you know, I had to go to a friend's house and I'm like, oh, okay, like that friend you know their family always eats at night. So I'm gonna go spend a night over there. Right. They eat every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's so that's always been my mentality like i just need to go like go 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 so i'm okay you wow. know what i mean so is your mom like 100 percent deaf yeah fuck my yeah, sister yeah. my sister that's like uh her job she like works with deaf kids yeah. and will go to like schools and like or no no blind kids sorry i just fucked that up yeah my mom used to have a patient when she was a nurse that was deaf and my mom would come home and know like she was trying to t- i was so bad at retaining it but she yeah. tried to teach us like little sign language oh that's crazy yeah it's dope and i tried to take a sign language class in college because i'm like i feel like this is very important like, yeah people live amongst us that yeah fucking can't speak like yeah, how are we yeah. or can't you know what i mean like they can't hear what i'm saying right 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 and it, i couldn't get a class that was crazy yeah man it's it's dope because like uh i think was it 2014 uh i managed to do i managed to put out a um like a sign language T for TDE. So like it's spelled out TDE, but in sign language. So that was, that was a really dope moment. Cause I was like, damn, that's crazy. How like I was able to like put that out there. Are you still tied with your mom? Like you ever see your mom and shit? Yeah. So, so, uh, uh, when was it? 2000, 2014. She actually had a stroke. Oh shit. Yeah. So it was a bad stroke. You know, she almost passed away. She went into a coma and stuff like that. She's alive, but, now um the stroke has affected like her you know yeah mental everything. capability like all that stuff like so Crazy. it's it's been tough but uh that's obviously one of the driving factors for me too is like you know to to live through all of this 
and still be okay, like there's another kid out there that might not be, uh-huh. you know. So I have to, I have to share all these experiences and be like, yo, like you're gonna be good. Just mm. use this as fuel to fucking like just take over shit. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, what was your question? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just say shit. Yeah. But were you bringing these problems like? You have all these things stacked on you. Are you bringing that to work like as fuel? Because I know a lot of kids, I see a lot of people today like go through shit, right? Yeah. Everyone's got a problem. Yeah. But they bring it as in like that should be the ticket. Like, hey, man, look, man, my mom's deaf and she's doing drugs right yeah. now and I don't have money and like right. all this shit. Can I get a job? Right. Like they use that as a crutch, right, right, which right, I feel right. like there's a time and a place for certain things like that. But right. like did that? did you ever have to talk about that? to help influence anything or was it just a f- so fact like i feel like as a, a person i'm gonna be hiring you off of just seeing you do what you're doing yeah or were yeah. you even telling them that you were driving that nah, far th- no like one of the things like this is one of the things that i've like recognized with myself this year or whatever <clears throat> is like i was so ashamed of that part of my life which i don't even understand why mm. like so I wouldn't share it with anybody. Like I wouldn't share it with anybody. Like there was a, a select few people in my life who knew my mom was even deaf or who knew like she was in the hospital or just these things. Like I would rarely share it. And um, so, no, I didn't, I, I never wow. used that as like a crutch or whatever. Like when I first met Lily, like my girl, like she thought, <laughs> she thought I lived in like a white picket fence house and like really? mom and dad is there and like all this stuff. But I, I guess that's how I carry myself. I don't right. Know. Yeah. So. That's crazy. I mean, I didn't know any of that shit yeah. until right now. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So then what, uh, I guess, damn, it's so wild to hear that shit. Yeah. But it makes sense. It makes way too much sense. Yeah, Because yeah. I think the way you think about shit is just different. And you do carry yourself in, like, a manner that's, like, always pushing forward, like, no matter what yeah. the cost is. But I guess now you get to this point where everything is booming. And now you're doing this web source shit. Like, how much influence are you bringing to the to shaping, like, the company's presence online? You know what I mean? Like, as yeah. far as carrying the shit. Like, first, Top's doing all this busy work. Yeah. And you know he doesn't need to be doing that shit. What other things are you implementing into the company like that you can recall? I mean, I'm sure it was like a group effort by the team and shit, but like what are you providing to them? Like, hey, yo, we should try this or we should do this and it's actually working. It's bringing in new dollar signs. It's yeah. doing all shit. Like what's stuff like that that you've been putting in over the last few years? Man, honestly, like how I think is like where where is the need? Like whatever need. Like if there's a need in shipping, like, you know, lowering shipping costs, if there's a need in marketing if there's a need and fucking i don't know anything where there's like a gap like i think my specialty is like closing the gap Mm. because i'm i'm i think my one of my passions is like curiosity Mm -hmm. and just kind of researching shit and figuring it out so like whenever i see there's a gap in something like i'll be like all right like let's figure out how to make this more efficient let's make this more efficient let's make this more efficient like one of the things that I did early on was like make the sh- the whole shipping process more efficient. Like, is cra- and this is just how much of a hustler top is. But like, he would literally like go through every single email in Gmail when we were getting orders yeah. and print from the email like through PayPal. Like he would click on the email, click you know the 
the transaction, print the order, cut it, you know, and like do it like that, you know, because he was just like, dude, like this shit's got to get done, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking like, okay, there's there's a more efficient way of doing this. Let's make this even more efficient. Like let's let's there's bulk, you know, order printing so we don't have to individually go through it and just little things like that that kept making it more and more and more and more efficient and then obviously you take that to marketing with you know email marketing and um making sure the store is like easily navigate you know you can move through it and all this stuff and And he um, probably appreciates that shit so much absolutely yeah absolutely man and and those little things really keep uh your business intact because if you're if you if there's loose ends everywhere you know the the object is going to fall apart right you know what i'm saying so i think that's where my specialty was was just making stuff more efficient what would you say like pushed you into the position to kind of pull off these pop-up shops that you just said because damn damn album came out and then you did how many pop-up shops we did uh shit i can't remember off the top i want to say 17 18 holy shit maybe more so Um, you were on the tour literally just going to these spots and making sure shit happened yeah 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 man um so we had a meeting with um with dave and he was like my so like we haven't done pop-ups prior to that like ever Mm -hmm. and we had a meeting and then my what, idea, what is a pop-up before you explain this a pop-up store is like so people bringing like it's it's a it's um it's a like i guess a limited time store you know where so exclusive you, pieces might be there that you yeah, can't get anywhere else yeah 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 and i think that's been the model um for stores now because everyone shops online right so now that everyone is shopping online, it's it's a cool way to have an online store, have a, a physical presence right. so where you can actually feel stuff tangible, you know, and like mm-hmm. bring it back to that. So for the longest time, like we've we've been talking about do a, doing a pop up and we just never did it. So then I was like, man, like, damn came out like we have to do a pop-up like we have to you start like, thinking about this, this is yeah like- even before damn came out it was like dude we have to do a pop-up this year like there's no way we can't let a pop pop like another year go by and not do a pop-up so i brought it to dave and he was like oh yeah yeah definitely uh i want to do a pop-up in every city and i was like uh, <laughs> You're uh like, Fuck. i didn't i wasn't trying to yeah. i wasn't trying to do all that but you know, he was like, you know, we could do it. And then I was like, oh, fuck. All right. Like, let's do it then. Like, fuck it. Like, so it was your job to kind of coordinate and make sure the shit started to happen? Yeah. Like, just figuring out where we were going to do it. Like, we sat down, me, G Day, and Diane sat down and was like, okay, like, what makes the most sense? You know, where are we going to place pop ups that makes the most sense? And like, where it's like, convenient for everyone across the u.s and obviously we don't want to do one in every single city because then that just would not be efficient for us right um so yeah we sat down we figured it out and then we just started like thinking of like you know what stores we can host it in that is still uh, aligned with what the damn album was and just everything so you were taking over like like give an example. Like, what's a store you would take over that kind of worked for the brand? Is it like a like a, Adidas store or something like that? Yeah, I mean, we tried to make it to where it was like uh, like boutique shops, so mm-hmm. where there wasn't like 
super corporate influence because at the end of the day, like TD is about the people and like kind of a grassroots approach. So we wanted it to stay that way. So we reached out to like boutiques that we had relationships with or we didn't have relationships with and like kind of just be like, yo, let's partner up. Let's, let's fucking do something dope. And most, most, not all, but if all like, we're down like they're like oh hell yeah dude like let's do it like so what were they doing were they were the people that were there that you took over the shop are they still selling shit at your pop-up no they like, would clear it's out there literally inventory? a store takeover and then we kind of made the stores like a vibe look yeah to where it's still consistent with damn and mm. the whole entire album so i was yeah. just looking at uh to make a post earlier and I saw the picture of like everybody that was must have been selling the merch or whatever all had all white Mm -hmm. and shit like that so Mm -hmm. like what was the goal behind the aesthetic of the store like you want to make sure each store looked the same way like obviously you want to match the branding of it but like what was the mindset behind that um man honestly that's that was more so like diane because obviously oh, explain them explain who your like the team is so diane is um kendrick stylist and she styles for q and SZA and a whole bunch of other people. So she's a fucking boss. Yeah, she's a fucking beast. Crazy. Man. She's a beast. Um, so she comes from like the stylistic background and just the the, I guess like curating a certain look mm-hmm. for brands, and she does it very 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 well. Um, G Day is an actual designer, so he designed literally probably everything on the God site damn, at this point. one dude right now yeah i mean I, I, we all have input but he's the one that's really like Creating. in illustrator wow. in photoshop like really fucking going in like damn yeah and he has you know he has other people that he works with too that help out and whatever so um the three of us just kind of come together and like figure out like what's best for the brand like what is gonna like translate and push the brand further you know what i mean because that that's kind of our whole thing right now is like just really pushing the brand to where it's not just merchandise for tde it's it's like you can literally wear this stuff and like it's not it's not promotional product yeah like just saying damn across the shit yeah yeah it's literally like a a piece like there's a story behind the Mm -hmm. piece like each individual piece has a story and then we want to sell it to where there's a story behind that and it's just a whole experience we're really trying to hone in on like the experience in creating a brand instead of just merchandise isn't that crazy you went from like working at this bank (laughs) to like this shit yeah it's it's wild but i'm a firm believer in in um visualization and just having a vision yeah and as as wild as it is, I, I didn't see myself like being in this situation, but I always saw myself like doing something within the music industry and and like having an opinion that mattered and all that stuff. So to like for it to actually become real is like damn, that's crazy. But like you kind of imagined, I, yeah, I imagined it. You know, Did, were you making music before you started working with TD? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been I've been doing music for I was like rapping since I was a kid. Really? Yeah, like I was I had like fucking you know those those uh books where you practice cursive? Yeah. I used to like Yeah, I used to write rhymes and that shit. Like and I was like fucking like seven, eight years old, yeah. In cursive? Nah. You weak. (laughs) 
you're not that talented. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> Damn, that was crazy. But then when did you start like recording your music? Uh, I started recording. Like I had a friend in high school when I was like 15, and uh, he was rapping at the time, and I started making beats. I was like, yo, I'm just make beats or whatever. So we kind of like had this thing going. But I would still rap over him. I would like rap over my own beats. And then one day he was like, I was like really whack. And really? Uh, yeah, he was whack too. But like, <laughs> he was better me. He was better than me at yeah, the time. Yeah, but both trash. Yeah. We, <laughs> we're both both, yeah right. And then uh, so he was like, oh, that rhyme is tight. Like you should record it. So I was like, oh, for real? Like, all right. So like we recorded, like we fucking ditched football practice. We was playing football in high school at the time. We were like, we didn't start. We didn't get no playing time. So we are just like, fuck this, man. Let's just ditch practice and right. go record. So we recorded. It's like $20 an hour or whatever. Oh, shit. Paid. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn. We, we, was, we was serious about it, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was like my first time re- actually like recording something, like my vocals. And then after that, like still making beats, but I really wasn't taking it serious. I went to college, went to CSUN. Um, what were you studying there? Uh, marketing. Makes uh, sense. Yeah. <laughs> Makes motherfucking sense. Did you graduate there? Yeah, I graduated. I graduated. Uh, I didn't take it seriously, though. But I was going to say graduated. The timeline goes graduated college, got the job at the bank. TD? Uh, no. So I graduated. I was interning at another label. I was oh, for intern- real? Yeah. So uh, the first internship that I had was with Warner Brother Records. I was interning as a, a sales intern, and that was a really cool experience because that was my first time, like, getting into the music industry yeah, and, like, really realizing, like, what it is. I was going to say, in, like, a very big way. Yeah. Warner fucking brothers. Like, yeah. that's massive. Exactly. So, like, you know, before I got in, I, I always had this idea of what it was, and then to get in, it's like, oh, okay, like, this shit really is, like, a real business. Like, yeah. it's not just, like rappers and like what what people. was making you realize that like what ma- what stuck out like that um this is well, like 2010 this 11? is yeah 2010 2010 yeah so i was uh, a sales intern so a lot of the shit that i was dealing with was sales of records and stuff like that so i got to really see like what uh strategies and stuff they use to sell records mm. you know who they sell to like who their client is their client is walmarts and targets and all these people and they have to convince these these stores to carry a certain amount of albums because of the demand of the album that the people are having so like that's kind of like their approach at the time wow that's right crazy. and then obviously it changed to streaming and you know but damn, they totally had, like so Walmart, Targets, all these places are taking the risk, almost right. Right. Buying right. out these records, assuming right. that the market's gonna pick up and exactly, buy that shit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I, I'm I'm not too sure, but I think like album sales used to count off of like how much a label shipped to a store, not necessarily how much the, the store actually sold. So like if someone did a mill back then, it was they they shipped to Target and Walmart and all these stores a million copies of the album. Damn. But not necessarily a million copies got sold to the right. public. So it was kind of like just certain little shit like that. Like I started to like, I was like, oh shit, like this is a real business. Yeah. Like this is actually real business, you know what I mean? So 
that internship really exposed me to a lot of things and just just entertain the entertainment industry in general i remember i had to do like a um like a the 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 future of entertainment right and uh my boss was like hey like the gaming industry is like it's gonna get crazy and all boss this stuff and blah, yeah boss so he was smart. like do research on on the gaming industry and i did and i was like whoa like dog you was right like you know like the projections of the gaming industry and like people paying more attention to the to the gaming industry and just this i mean you know what, about what, it yeah what was this job uh this it was still it was still uh yeah it was still warner brother it was still so warner they were brother already records. trying to figure out how to get their music fucking with the game exactly 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 so he his i think his job was to get all this information so his boss could pitch to like execs like hey we start fucking with these games yeah and, getting music in there because that shit's gonna skyrocket and if we get these licensing deals like yeah you can really make money off of that so um yeah i was exposed to that and just a bunch of other shit and um that internship ended then i fucking did an internship at like a pr firm and i was like nope this shit ain't for me like it was there for like a week fucking bounced really yeah I, I yeah it's that shit ain't for me like yeah, I feel that. It, it ain't for me. But um left that. This was all still in college. And then I did um Were you doing that for credits? Like I was doing it for credits, but that wasn't my intention. My intention was to like get into the industry. That's smart. Yeah. So like the first in, the fir- cuz you only need like one credit. Yeah, like, like you only need one, one internship to graduate uh, a business degree in in, in CSUN. But I did three internships. That's crazy. Because I was just like, I mean, why not? Like, yeah, take advantage. Yeah, of you know. So then I did an internship at um, this company called Vivendi, which is a, a sub a sub company of Universal, and they deal with um, they deal with independent uh, independent films. So at the time, Netflix was like the the big independent film distributor. Like they were kind of like the only company that I was doing. I mean, I think that was like their thing. Like they right. were doing independent films. Wow. So then I started to learn about that and like distributing to Netflix and Walmart, but on the film side and like all these independent films. So it was just crazy like going through that. But then I was still trying to look for a job because I'm like, I'm about to, this is my last semester of college. I need a job. Like what the fuck? I'm getting desperate. Entertainment is like, falling i'm going to the bank yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to where the money's at no bank. so i i i uh i got a job at a job fair i went to a job fair at csun got a job at this company called granger which is an industrial supply company had nothing to do with what i was trying to do i made decent money there but i hated it of course. i hated it i hated it hated it hated it they knew they fucking fired me so i'm like fuck what do i do now I go to fucking this other marketing company who fucking tries to sell like uh, software and all this stuff. Did not care about it, right? I'm in the sales department. I can't sell the shit. Like I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't care. Like whatever. I go to a fucking Watch the Throne concert. Oh, on the tour? No, no, no. Just I went. Yeah, I went to an LA show. Yeah, Yeah. went to the Chicago one. God, super. It was hard. That's probably one of the best shows shows I've ever seen. The shit was. All right, go on. I want to hear what you say about it first. <laughs> no, so I go to the show. I'm like, whoa, like blown away from the production right, first. Right, Production is crazy. 
then Kanye starts doing the speech, and I'm like a, a huge Kanye head, right? So like I'm, I study his music, I fucking watch all his interviews, and just try to emulate everything that he does musically to be as even a fraction of how uh, good he yeah. is, right? So he starts going on and talking about like you know, like be great, like you know, no one, everyone tells you like be humble and all this stuff. Obviously, he's like. I don't agree with that. I think you should be humble. Right. But he was like, no one ever tells you just be great, be great, be great, do what you love, all this stuff. And he's like, I'm like, damn, you're right. So I'm I'm working at a, at this marketing company, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I quit. So I send the email to my boss and like from nah. the show, from the show. Wow. Quit. I'm I'm done. I'm not going into work tomorrow. I quit. I quit probably one of the dumbest ideas i've ever done because then i had no income no income income whatsoever so i'm like fuck blah blah blah. and then uh i I talked to one of my homies and he's like yo i'm working at this uh um i'm working at the bank it's actually the property preservation side of the company so hit him up he's like i can get you a job whatever whatever it's gonna be a temp job though so start working there and it's like all right this is cool like i don't really need to invest a lot of my energy into it this is kind of like just tedious work so i can just do this bounce make my money and then right, right. i still have energy to do, do other shit yeah do other That's shit sick yeah so i started doing that and then obviously boom, boom, boom. tde and that's crazy it was like going to uh cjz and kanye was like going to going to a fucking Tony Robbins <laughs> <laughs> for you, except a fraction for of real, the cost. For real, for still real. expensive yeah. back then. Did you pay for that shit? I did, and, and they were expensive and, tickets, dude. And I got like VIP seats. So, Ooh, yeah. How much was that? I always wanted to know because I was up in like the like the first fifteen rows of the the seating. So yeah. that shit was lit. Yeah. But then I saw all the like the chairs and the VIP. Yeah. Spots. Where were you at towards the front of the stage, like the actual stage or by the. Nah. So we were, we were in the back, like by the, uh, the pillar by the, so yeah, by the second stage. Damn. Yeah. So we I were, didn't like, even right know there. about the second stage. Dude. Did you know? I had no idea. I yeah, had no you idea. You had the best spot. Yeah. And then that shit would just go off and uh, you just see a pillar go up. Like what the fuck? I know, like, dude. I was sitting there. I remember basically I was in a, a fucking, this is hilarious. I was in like a performance class, but I did not, like do theater shit yeah but i was so interested in like what you know how to like tell stories and shit yeah so i'm in this class and my friend hits me my homie chase hits me and he's like yo i got four tickets to watch the throne and everyone bailed he's like but i'm gonna drive up there if you just pay for a tank of gas i'm gonna give you the ticket and so me him and my homie mark he did the same thing for mark so mark paid for the gas down to chicago i paid for it back which is like a five-hour drive yeah. so we just hop in the car Head down to Chicago. I think our our homie lived there, so we stayed with him. And we went in, and we, we were sitting there. And so we were, like, farthest from the stage in the back. I'm like, damn, it's, it's really far. But yeah. it's still, like, $150 a ticket. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there. And out of nowhere, at the beginning, the lights go down. Everyone's screaming and shit. And then I'm like, oh, yo, there's Jay-Z. And he's, hey. like, at the stage, he's lifting up. And then I, like, turn to the right. I'm like, fuck, yo, Kanye's <laughs> right here. Like, he was right there. And it's like a pillar. And the pillar just rises out of the ground. They both lift, like... 50 feet above uh, the ground yeah. and there's the visuals playing yeah. on the, and that was the first time I was like sold I was like Bruh. this is ill yeah. I want to do that yep. shit yep uh, same way I was like yo like what and prior to the, so like like I said I was a Kanye fan so I went to the Glow in the Dark tour mm. and I saw that and I was like whoa like what the fuck right. like the production value like he he really understands like 
what it means to like really put on a show and storytelling and, Super. and yeah. So when I saw Glow in the Dark, I was like, okay, next show Kanye's doing, I need to be there. Like, there's yeah. not an option. Like, I'm going to go to another show. So watch the throne. I saw it. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then what's even crazier? The next tour that he does, I'm actually on that tour with Kendrick. <laughs> oh yeah, preach. Talk about it. So like what, that. See, this is what I'm talking about, dog. These full circle moments are the dog, best shits ever. Like I was mind blown. So, so that happens. Blah blah blah. I get in TD, whatever, whatever. I'm doing my job, whatever. I start really overseeing merch, and then, um, so then they tell us like you know the whole squad is like. Kendrick, I think Kendrick just got off the Good Kid, Mad City tour, and it was like, all right, he's going to start prepping for his next album, which turned out to be Tipping Butterfly. So he got off the tour, and then we were just kind of like, whatever. And then I guess- You were on that tour, right? On No, on, not on Good Kid, Mad City so tour. So you hadn't toured yet? No, I hadn't cool. toured yet. Cool. So then um, word gets, uh, we, we learned that Kanye reached out and wanted him on Yeezus. So then when I heard that, I was like, I need to get on that tour. Hell like, yeah. I need to get on that tour. I've, I have no experience of touring. Like, mm-hmm. but I'm like, nah, I need to get on that tour. So I tell Todd, and he's like, I don't know, man. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm like, nah. What were you telling him? Like, yo, let me have a job? Like, on the No, road? I was just like, yeah, I, uh, let me go on tour. Like, I, I think I should go on tour, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. So I convinced him enough that I should go on tour fucked up terribly <laughs> why i just because i didn't know what i was doing so oh, you like fucked up the tour no nah, not the tour but just like merchandise because i was doing merchandise on the road yeah so you gotta check that shit in count it yeah and i just i had no and, and not only that but like making sure people know it's there and because we're an opener at that point this is all True. a kanye show so like there's more that you have to do to kind of like really Sell it, Sell it you know, sure. and and obviously I had no idea about like, you know, inventory on the road and just I had no idea. So I was fucking up left and right, left and right, left and right. I got fucking calls from top almost every day to the point where when I heard my phone, I got anxiety. So I had to change the ringtone on my phone <laughs> yeah, like, because that ringtone gave me anxiety. You get PTSD if that <laughs> shit goes off. When you hear like someone in DMV and that phone, fuck, what'd I do? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, but it was a great learning experience and I thank Top for like just allowing me to like just fuck up because I would have never learned what I learned about touring and merchandising on tour and all that stuff if I didn't go through that, right through that, um, through that tour. But, but that investment of you going on the tour almost preps your mindset to help deliver ways of selling merch for prop, like upcoming tours, right? Yeah, like absolutely. now you know how it does out there. Cool. Yep. Now you can start implementing things. So if you send out a merch guy, yeah. you can have that merch guy be ma- doing this and this and this, exactly. you know what I mean? To make sure you're elevating the sales. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. So what a good investment. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And then obviously to be on tour, like, yeah, you're seeing Kanye. Kendrick and Kanye and and you know, I'm seeing like I'm like I remember this uh Miami show. We were in Miami and I remember I remember seeing Timlin and Pharrell and those are like one of like those yeah. are like my heroes like when it comes to producing, right? So I see Timlin, I'm like, "Oh shit, like what the fuck?" 
So I tell Kendrick, I go back and tell Kendrick, and he's like, oh, yeah, tell him to come by. And I'm like, what you mean? Like, I don't know this dude. <laughs> like, hey, bro, come over yeah, here, bro. Hey, Tim. Hey, like, Tim, come over here, homie. Kendrick want to talk to you. Like, So I'm like, oh, shit, like, whatever. But uh, I found a way to, like, Not connect to him. Weirdly. Yeah, connect to him through somebody else who knows him but is a part of our camp. So we get him back there, and then he's talking to us. But, like, to to be in that moment, so Timbaland comes in. He's talking to Kendrick about like just how to approach music and all this stuff and like just kind of like giving his two cents on like, you know, being a new artist and all this stuff. But he's talking to me, Soundwave and Kendrick. So I felt like I was in that conversation because he would direct his attention to, to the three of us. And I'm like, yo, this is fucking crazy. Like this was my hero. Like when I was a kid, like looking up to this dude you know, on the beats and to be in a conversation and he's literally directing his attention to me is mind blowing, like mind blowing. So after that, like I was like, yo, um, sidebar throughout that tour, everybody started to find out that I made beats because, um, I had showed like one of my beats to punch. He was the first person punches the co-president of TDE he was the first person that found out that I made beats in TDE. So how you just you just played a song for him or something? So like wow. he was in the studio, right? He's in the studio. I'm doing merch or whatever. I'm fill, filling out packages and stuff. And then I see that he went in the studio. The studio in Carson. Studio in like Carson. Like it was a house that was like also a studio, also the merch place. Right. Exactly. Right. So I'm like, yo, like you got to show him your music. Like you can't let any. At this time, I think I was like. A year in, maybe, yeah, probably like a year in, and nobody knew that I made music. So I was like, "All right." Punch is saying this to you? No, 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 no. This is I'm talking. Uh, this is a conversation oh, okay. that I'm having with myself. Damn, and you just killed that guy off in this <laughs> new persona. You just killed off this guy who's giving you fucking gems, wisdom, and shit. You're just like, bye, bye, <laughs> bye, bye. R.I.P. Yeah. Right, right, okay. right. Okay. So um, you better thank him. <laughs> thanks, Mad Genius. Thanks, Mad Genius. <laughs> Still gotta die. Yeah, Anyways, bye -bye. Um, so. I had this conversation with myself, and I'm like, all right, fuck, like, just show him a few beats. So I go in, like, nervous as fuck. I'm like, yo, can, can, can I show you some beats? Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. He's like, yeah, play some. So I started playing some beats, and he's like, oh, shit's kind of tight. Like, send me some. Send him some beats. He emails me back, like, a week later, and it, in the email, it says, SZA Power. Right. Yeah. And this is before SZA even got signed. Right. SZA Power sends it to me. And I'm like, damn, like this shit is hard. She did a, a song to one of my beats. That's crazy. I'm like, oh shit, this is crazy, blah, blah, blah. Like, who is this? And he's like, oh, it's this chick named SZA. Like, we're thinking of signing her. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. But that moment, like, made it real. Like, okay, like, I can really do this. So fast forward. You're like, yo, I quit merch. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. I'm going to the studio. No, I still, I still kept doing merch. I was like, Hell yeah. I'm just going to get better, whatever. Just keep doing merch. Fast forward to the Yeezus tour. So everybody is like, you know, you know how TDA, they like teasing me or whatever. Like, oh, like this nigga Matt, he does merch, but he low-key want to do, he want to be an artist, whatever. Want to make beats or whatever. Every so, day. So Kendrick starts like 
poking at me like, yo, send me some beats, send me some beats. And I'm like mad insecure, like, nah, dog. <laughs> no, like, I don't want to give you, just you made, beats. Nah, you just made Good Kid Mad City. I cannot even come close to that. Like, no, like, nah, not right now. So, um, you the whole thing. No? Nah, I just kind of brushed it off. Like, you literally yeah. brushed it off? Wow. Insecurity genius. will do make you some, do some dumb Matt, shit, bro. genius. Insecurity. That's why he needs to die. Yeah, that's why he does That's why he needs to die. Bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Matt Genius Straight up. Damn, that's really crazy. You really were in arena tours with Kendrick Lamar yeah. and Kanye West. Yeah. And you have one of those two names yeah, asking, asking you for your for music. Beats, and I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep going with this. So. Story. Please. Timbaland. Miami, whatever, Timberland, blah, 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 right? So at this point, I'm like, okay, like, this is a sign from God saying, like, bro, stop being a little bitch yeah. and show him your music. Like, God stop would being insecure. <laughs> stop being insecure and show these dudes your music. So after Timberland bounces, I'm like, all right, dude, like, this is your moment. Oh, that same hour, like, right? Same, that same hour, moment. same moment. So I'm like, yo, I told Kendrick, like, yo, can I show you some beats? And he's like, oh, you're going to be that dude. Like, you know, like, you know yeah. how like people are like, yo, can I show you your music? Right, like, whatever. Right. He's like, you're going to be that dude, whatever. I'm like, well, you've been asking for it. He's like, all right, touche, whatever. Yeah. So I pull out my phone, put some headphones on him. He listens to the beats. And he's like, that's you? Yeah. Oh, shit, shit kind of tight. <laughs> okay. So you want to hop on the bus? So I'm like, word? Yeah, let's hop on the bus. I'll show you some shit. So he shows me what he was recording for Tempo Butterfly. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, just mind blown or whatever. And uh, after that, he was like, okay, like, you know, like, just keep working on the beats. And then once we get off this tour, like, you know, I'm going to really be in album mode. Yeah, come through. Keep sending beats. Like, whatever, whatever. So sending beats, sending beats, obviously nothing happened. But... Those moments kind of like really shaped, like okay, like I can really do this, like I can really do this, but still, at the same time, I'm still battling insecurities, and I, that's mm. one of the reasons why everything like I'm doing now with the R.I.P. Mad Genius and uh, one of the, um, I guess, slogans you can say that that I've been like kind of putting out is "Death to Insecurities," which is a flaw that the Matt Genius character has had and has prevented him from propelling in music or career-wise and all this stuff. So I talk about that a lot on the project and the reasons why I was insecure and all this stuff. So all that plays a part and, you know, all this stuff. And I think that's a it's something that a lot of people deal with on a daily basis and it's blocks yeah, for them you that's know what i'm crazy. saying yeah that's some trippy shit yeah 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 so i would you say at that time that was kind of like um the beginning of your guys's friendship like to a stint like, yeah you know yeah, what i mean because yeah. you're in the merch shit like how yeah. often are you guys running into each other because at that time he's probably going to a different studio yeah house yeah studio, right? i i rarely i rarely saw him but like on that tour he got to know me i got to know him yeah. so after that, it's like, okay, like, cool. Like, you know, yeah. you're, you're a regular person. Right, like, right, you right. Know, whatever, whatever. And then from there, like, you know, I'd stop in 
studio sessions to Pimper Butterfly, all this stuff, and just kind of like, really, I wasn't, my my intent wasn't to get on the album, it was just kind of like learn his process, like how he records albums, and I was, I was thankful and, and, and blessed to, to witness that, because I saw a totally different way of approaching music mm. and 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 making music like he really everything is intentional everything everything that he does has meaning to it and even from track placements and all this stuff so i didn't really think of it like that it's like okay like even like approaching a song and being like what am I trying to say on this song? Like, what is the purpose of this song? Each song, each thing needs to serve a purpose. Mm. And I think of it that way. So I took that knowledge and kind of just just tried to perfect it, like, you know, to how yeah. he's doing it now. And, um, I mean, it, it's I think it's working, but obviously, I you know, you can always get better. But that was, like, me really honing into being an artist and then – what what made me switch over to like starting to being an artist? Like I was sending my beats to people and stuff, and I didn't see any traction. Nobody was getting on it. And I was like, "Well, I'm getting really good at making beats, so why don't I just rap on them? Yeah. Like, you know, whatever." And I talked to one of my homies. Um, his name is Prime Maximus. He's a producer too. He he did like Beamer Benz and Bentley. Oh, like, dope. Yeah. So he's he's got he's got some some stuff in in the game. Um, so I got some knowledge from him and he was like, yo, like, like the best, the best way to be an artist is to rap over your own beats because you know, the gaps in your beats, you made the beat, you right. know how a flow should go. Right. Yeah, so yeah, why yeah. don't you just start rapping on it? And then even if you're sending your beats out, why don't you just, you know, lay like a, a reference for a hook or whatever mm -hmm. to, to spark an artist. Yeah, so exactly. I started doing that and I was sending stuff to J-Rock and then J-Rock started fuck with me. I'm like, oh shit, like this shit really works. Like, because a lot of artists be like, the beat's tight, but I don't hear myself on it. Right, right, So right. I'm like, oh, okay, dope. Like, let me approach it that way. And then I think I got, I went back to like my love for like writing and rapping and all this stuff when I was a kid. So I was like, well, I got a lot of shit to say because I got a, I got a fucking story. Story for sure. You know, so fuck it start doing it so Damn. put out a song called green pasta i was the first song i put out and then the shit just went off from there we were sitting me and matt were sitting in uh what fucking state was that where was we were south, south carolina north or south carolina we had an off day and it was one of the carolinas and like we went to this weird ass here. Get yourself some wine, champion. Yeah, yeah. Get some more wine, bro. Uh, we went to this weird ass like hotel resort thing, and it was like some fucking get out shit. <laughs> like it was very get out. -esque. It was. You know what I mean? Like it was. You know, sidebar. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did you ever get like a like a the? Did you ever go to the spa? At that hotel? Yeah. No, you guys talked about it. Duh. And I wish I would have gone. Was it free? Yeah. Fuck. That shit was tight. I think I found out it was free right before we left. They, of course, they had a dope <laughs> spot and shit. No, I just walked around outside by the pond. It was like very weird. Like, <laughs> like you could die out there and they could probably find a way to make sure no one found out. Low but key, low key. We just pulled up with the bus and then like bunking out in those rooms. And me and Matt were like, what? We went over to get some food and he was like introducing me to this, what, like some Peruvian food. Some Peruvian yeah, food. He's I like, dude, you gotta that. try this. I've never tried that shit. So we yeah. like walked far. And just started connecting. We're sitting there eating the food. And he tells me about green pasta. <laughs> and 
And I'm like, what do you mean? And he started showing to me. And I'm coming from my music background, so I'm like, oh, this is sick. Yeah. I did not know. Like, I've seen him in the hotel rooms or in the green rooms and shit. And he's just got his, like, his beat-making machine, whatever the fuck you had on the road. Yeah keyboard or whatever and he'd just be like sitting there with his headphones on like grooving out to shit and i'm like well, okay he makes music yeah or whatever but i never knew you rapped yeah and you're always like shy as fucking shit and all yeah. of a sudden you're like yeah this is my song i'm like oh damn yeah this is really dope and from then on i was like okay cool and i'd even sit there because i'm you would be in the production bus right you'd yeah. be the other bus yeah so you'd be in the production bus with all the shit and all the money and all the stuff or whatever and like making sure everything was accounted for and then I'd be in the artist bus, and then I'd be sitting there with like Keem and whatever, and be mm -hmm. like, "Yo, Matt's tight. Yeah, you know he raps." And I'd be like, low key trying to like, <laughs> Matt should perform. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be like, throw it out there. He'd be like, "Oh, for real?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, listen to this shit." He'd yeah. be like, "Wait, what the fuck?" And then everyone would be like, "Oh, listen to this shit." Yeah. And then finally, you got to like, in, I didn't even realize that you were being told by Top, like, yeah. "Yo, you should play on this shit." Yeah. But then it worked out, and that shit was crazy. And then I remember how fucking sick that was. Cause I, I, San Diego, maybe was that where all your homies came? Yeah. All your friends showed yeah. up. Like everyone was there. Like you came out and crushed it. Yeah. Then we did uh, the L.A. show. The L.A. show was at um, whatever venue. Mad fucking people were there. Yeah. Packed the fuck out. You guys went up there and performed and crushed that shit. That shit was tight. Yeah, that, that was, was a crazy like experience. And then we're backstage, and I got and you had just talked to me. It reminded me about this because I filmed you yeah. with like Top and Q laughing. I don't even remember what you guys said. You, they were talking about me doing merch and like finessing my way into oh, being an artist did, and all that shit. He did it all just become an artist, <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 like making fun of it and shit. Like that shit was a trip, bro. Yeah. That's really crazy. But then after the tour, it was dope because you started a podcast yourself. Yeah. Um, you and Chris, and called Genius Frequencies, mm -hmm. which is a cool name. Yeah, I fuck with that name. Yeah, yeah. And I, what guest number was I? How many episodes have you done? You were uh, four. So the first one was with me and Chris. Second one was with uh, Lance Skywalker. Uh, the third one was with McKenna. You were the fourth one. Fourth one, right? Yeah, you were the fourth one. That shit was tight because I just got off the tour. Yeah. Like because you split from us obviously early on. Yeah. And we'd stay in touch and shit. Yeah. And then um, we went and did Europe and all that shit and come home and then you're like, yo, you gotta get on this podcast. So I come over to the Carson house. Mm -hmm. And got to see the whole operation, which was cool to see all the merch and how you guys did that shit in there. Mm -hmm. And we like recording this old studio. And that was my first time doing a podcast, which was sick because I've been listening to them, but I'd never been on one That's or whatever. Crazy. And we just talked about shit. Yeah. I have no idea if it's good. I should listen to it again. <laughs> but it was, I get feedback from it still. Like people yeah. still find that podcast and be like, that's crazy. Your story is like how you did this shit. That's whatever. Wild. But you guys did a good job with that. And that shit stopped now. It's like on yeah. hiatus, right? Or yeah. whatever you guys are trying to. I don't know what you're doing. Just trying to figure out the direction. Word. Yeah. But then what else has been cracking since then? Because you've been like, you end up going and do the pop-up shops and that shit. Would you say that that makes a lot of money? Like, are those like good? Like, is it is it good for to do a pop-up shop and the idea like, uh, we'd like to just have the exposure, have kids have something to do outside of going to a show and it doesn't really make us money or do they make like decent money off that shit? Nah, they, it's, it's, it's great. It's a great revenue stream. Um, yeah. one of the reasons is one of the reasons it's, it's so good is because you don't, you don't have crazy overhead, right? So when you have a store, you have to pay for monthly rent, you have to pay for utilities, you have to pay for all this crazy shit. When you do a pop-up shop, um, especially if you have like a, a store mm -hmm. um, that you have a relationship with, you pay like a flat fee for the day. Yeah. And then you fucking kill it on the day. <laughs> and yeah. that's it. 
Like, you know, you don't have to worry about, like, all the extra shit. You don't have to worry about, like... And then the demand, especially for Kendrick, the demand was so high that, like, it it was the best way to do that instead of just having a store in L.A. for two years, three years. You know what I'm saying? Because albums always have waves. You know, they, they they, they have life cycles. So obviously when it first comes out it's at its peak Mm -hmm. and then it kind of dies down and if there's videos and stuff involved and you kind of kind of goes in waves and then once you put out that last single and you win all the awards and stuff then the album kind of dies down so you got to capitalize in those moments at the peaks for sure of of demand hell yeah so for artists that 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 are established like that or even you know up and coming artists if you have some some type of demand on if you do your like analytics and stuff and you see you got a demand in ohio do a fucking pop-up in ohio you know what i'm saying you got a demand in la do a pop-up in la like instead of opening a store because the way people consume things is purely internet now yeah so it makes really no sense to have a physical storefront right for a long time did you how many kids would pull up on a day-to-day basis man you guys open just one day and that would be the day before the show or were you open the day of the same day of the show which was kind of cool because we really gave fans an experience the day of the show like they were excited the whole entire day you know to go to the, the store get the merch they're excited and it's just constant like excitement happening so when they get to the show it's like oh shit kendrick he's on stage obviously like kendrick fucking kills it Mm -hmm. like you know so that whole entire experience i think is a great experience for a fan um it was tough doing it and obviously it was our first time so we really learned a lot of shit during that process but i think on the fan standpoint, I think it was they I got think, a treat. Yeah, it was it was a great experience. Because I know like Tyler Creator would do uh, a couple years back, <clears throat> he did it where he would go to a show, he play a show every other day, and in the off days he would have his pop up shop. So you would go to the pop up shop that he would sell fucking gang of merch, mm-hmm. and then turn around the next day and have another exclusive batch of merch at the show. Right, right, and I was right, like, right, Fuck, right, goddamn. right. Yeah, and that's what we were doing. We we sold separate stuff at the show and separate stuff at the um the tour so smart yeah but um we probably would have done it the other way where like pop-up is not on the day of the show because logistically it it was it was a nightmare well i was gonna say does it piss a fan off the fact that some of these fans will wait in line the day before you know what i mean or the wait is like six seven eight nine hours before a show yeah so now they have to they know they want the merch so they're going to that and then they're losing their spot in line as far as like getting into the venue on time or whatever yeah ever an issue um could it be an issue it could could definitely be an issue and in some moments like when the papa was super far from the venue yeah like certain fans was just like man i gotta bounce like Mm -hmm. i can't fucking get anything because the venue's like 30 minutes away you know almost an hour away so, um, like I said, logistically, it could have been better, but, uh, I mean, it was our first time and I think, I think we did a really good job for what we were trying to accomplish. And yeah. at the end of the day, we were trying to create an experience for the fans. It looked crazy on your Instagram yeah. and shit. Like it just always looked fucking dope. Yeah, it was dope. And then Kendrick came out to a lot of them. I was so. going to say, what would he do? Would he, would he pull up and sign some shit for a little bit or? Yeah. Like shake hands, whatever, kind of like, you know, let the people kind of 
see him, you know, and, and be in their presence. I think that was really dope. And it was, it was, um, it was, it was dope for him to allow people to have a moment with him because normally at this stage in his career, the only time you really get to see him is on a stage. And even then, like the arenas are so big, right. it's not intimate anymore. No. Like, you know, with the, the, with Q shows, like he can literally slap a fan's hand. Yeah. You know, he, Kendrick can't do that because right. how the arena is, it's just, you're like fucking, the artist is 10, 20 feet from the first row. And like you know? fucking, 10 or 15 feet high yeah so it's like really it's that's it's, really dope yeah was that every day every time or no i know it wasn't every time but he did it he did it a lot he did it a few times that's crazy yeah fuck so what's next for you uh shit man just trying to figure out um trying to figure out this music stuff um wrapping up the project yeah what's as, the when's the goal and what's the goal for that because you did a video what's actually cool <clears throat> is that in the black window cream in the private group mm-hmm there's a kid in there. Uh, I just saw his name pop up on here. Sean Cooper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did he yeah. shoot your shit? Shoot uh, your last video. He edited it. He, he um, edited. It. Yeah. So mouth. Yeah, mouth. Yeah, mouth. Uh, I I guess they have like a a group. I can't remember the name right now. Block Block ENT or something like that. Um, so some of his homies in LA shot the video and then they gave it to him. Uh, shout out to Jacob by the way. Jacob is the one who orchestrated all of that he, yeah it's some this kid is sidebar this random kid was hitting me up on uh instagram he listened to genius frequencies and he's like 18 year old kid like he just got out of high school and shit like that right and he's like yo genius frequencies is tight like you know i just want to pick your brain can we just meet him and not pick your brain i'm like yeah yeah for sure whatever but uh, it never happened and then he came out to vegas and he was at the pop-up in Vegas, and he hit me up, and then we linked, and then we just started talking or whatever, and he's just super hungry kid. Like, I've never met an 18-year-old kid who was this serious about, right. like, you know, his shit. And he has his own clothing brand called um, uh, Threaded with Thought. Mm. So, like, immediately I aligned with his stuff because all his stuff was about, like, positivity and you know stuff like that like he had a, a hoodie that said self-worth and cool. just all this stuff it was it was dope and i aligned with it so i was like all right cool like i'll fuck with you so fast forward like you know i build a relationship with him he is the one who kind of orchestrated that video and all this stuff crazy and he pulled all the plugs together and he knew the sean kid so yeah. he was like yo can you edit this video blah blah, blah. and then i would just go back and forth and kind of tell him like the the concept of the character that I, that I want to play and all this stuff so that that's why the Halloween shit is in there and oh. Jason and yeah, Michael yeah. Myers all this shit so yeah we went back and forth and he finally like we came up with something that was pretty dope and we all liked and yeah that yeah, shit came out turn, dope it turned out dope what's yeah. the other dude's name Jacob Jacob yeah damn that's crazy cause yeah. Sean, so Sean I know this kid cause I see his name pop up all the time and he's ill yeah but what made me catch his attention or my attention was caught was by uh, when Kendrick was on the damn tour he took all this fan footage and cut it into like yeah. a, a little recap video yeah. or whatever as if he were in 18 or 30 different spots right. on the venue and that shit was sick yeah, he tight. posted I was like oh that's ill and he posted on Twitter and then I think 
TD retweeted it. Yeah. Oh shit, he was like all jacked. Or whatever. Yeah. But I saw his shit. And he hit me up when he was out here in LA too, and I didn't know he had worked with you until yeah. like later on or whatever. Yeah. But that's just like Black Widow Cream is dope because yeah, got these motherfuckers in that shit that's putting tight. in the work. That's dope, man. That's crazy. But yeah, the music's gonna be up next, and then are you? Do you have to go overseas then for the pop up shops, or is there gonna be out of country pop up shops? Uh, Maybe. Potentially. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, just go sell some shit over there, man. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. Is Kendrick supposed to tour anymore? Is that out? Is there dates for shit? Yeah, yeah. He's he's doing Europe uh top of the year. I think February. February? Yeah, February. So yeah, go there and sell do some pop ups, dog. Yeah. Fucking stress your brain out a little bit more, G. <laughs> Damn. Would you say that like now that you've done the US once and you've kind of learned and paid your way, would you go do that for another company? Like if another company wanted pop up shops, could they like come to you or like hire you to like oversee or foresee shit like that? Um that kind of be dope. I, I I probably I would like advise and like give like you consultant. Know, yeah, I would consult, shit. but like me being on the road and doing it for them, like nah, because at this point, like I I, I know what I want to do. Yeah, and that would just take away from what I want to do, which is which is music and just being creative and obviously building the TDE brand and stuff like that. So it would just take away from you right. know, what I'm doing now. So right, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. All right, so I did. I let some people in the private group like ask questions or whatever, just because I told them that you were gonna be through coming through here. Sean Cooper actually asked questions. Nice. He says, "Hey guys, what's good?" I'll post a question for Matt. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> he said, "I have a few friends that are interested in designing, selling merch to help fund and market their music from the ground up. What are some pitfalls or things to look out for that I could trip them up?" He goes, P.S., I'm flying back to L.A. on Sunday and still booking between the 20th and 27th. If you guys have anything to work out or want to link up, always plug. Dope. But, yeah, what he, you know, what are some pitfalls or things to look up, out for that could trip them up on the come up, you know? Um, I think the number one thing that – number one mistake people make is spending too much money on merchandise that is not in demand. So if you buy a ton of T-shirts – and you have no demand for it, you're literally going to be sitting on an inventory. Right, for sure. So the best thing to do is like start building your brand and building your demand so where you see like people are requesting like, yo, you should, you know, slap down on a T and you start seeing that, <coughs> then you do that. Um right. Because it, it's just, it, it doesn't make any sense for you to, Spend all that money, you don't sell your T-shirts, and then it's just sitting there. What's like, the difference between that and like setting trends? You know what I mean? Because some you can wait until someone's like, "Hey, you should put that that stamp you made on a T-shirt," and you're like, "Oh, good idea." And then enough people say it, you know they're gonna buy it. But like, what's the difference between that and being like, "Yo, this shit is gonna people are gonna be like, fuck, I need that." If that is, if that is the case, like if you do, if you really do believe in that as as your brand, I I would say, me personally, I would say like start giving it to your friends to wear because mm. everyone is an influencer. Literally right. everyone is an influencer. You influence a bunch of people. I influence people. You know, somebody working at fucking wherever. They yeah. they have people who they have influence over. Right. So start giving it to your friends. Start giving T-shirts to your friends or whatever and just let them wear it mm-hmm. and kind of start building that brand, that brand and that demand to where it's like okay like people know about my shit like it's out there it's physical you have your social media you have your fucking instagram or whatever right. you're posting you're getting content from people wearing your shit and then once you start building that demand make small runs small runs small runs small runs not a crazy amount 
and then when you sell out make more right, like right, if there's right, more right. demand but you you never want to like put yourself in that hole to where you have a bunch of inventory and you can't yeah, sell it like, fuck yeah um let's see who else asked question joe newcomer he said what up ben definitely looking forward to this one how does a label like td select their screen printing companies and merch suppliers i own operate a screen printing and embroidery company out of iowa Ooh. Shout out to him. Yeah. That's tight. And would love to work with uh, more labels and artists, just not sure the best way to approach and start the conversation. Um, Well, for us, it's kind of like, it's kind of like word of mouth. Um, And then we kind of build relationships and, you know, meet at a medium. And for us right now, we have, we have great relationships with who we produce our stuff with. Obviously we're open to, you know, other, companies but i think from his side and kind of trying to get into you know getting a big client like like a td or whatever i think the best bet is to give free samples like Mm. that you're gonna lose money right you're gonna lose money but for me speaking like personally for me what really won me over is the fact that a the company was really about the brand and not just like on some like, oh, TD's big. Let me attach myself on right, right. so I can win. But literally, like, I care about you guys' shit, and I want to bring quality to it because I care. I am a fan. Blah blah blah. And then from there, free samples, and you know, you work at building the brand on the production side. You don't look at it as you are a client, and I only care about like the bottom line which yeah, is yeah, money yeah. no you care about the quality of the brand and growing the brand right so you know for someone in production i think you should grow with brands that you care about if you don't care about the brand there's really no point of you even working with them like honestly. for sure what uh, when you say like giving free samples do you mean like um like they're just sending you options for clothes? Are you saying they're actually printing and showing you concepts, a proof of concepts exactly. and shit like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like don't make it hard for uh, someone to print a tee because they're just going to be like, man, like I'm just trying to get this shit done and see it. But even how you said it earlier, that's interesting because you're talking about how you sat there making beats all day long and people weren't getting on that shit. And yeah. then you turn around and show J-Rock, like, hey, this could be a catchy hook. Or this, oh, yeah, that's dope. I could see myself sounding like that. Right, right, and you're right, like, right. You know, you're showing proof of concept. Yeah. That's like the ideal scenario. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. That's dope. All right, let's see. What else do we got here? What else do we got here in the Black Widow Cream Group? Uh, Corey Sparks, he says, good day, Ben. He sounds like he's from over. <laughs> yeah. As a person who has been in Japan, I rarely see a lot of artists come here. Does that? Does the TDE team plan... Um, on expanding outside of the U.S. for their promotions. Yeah, for sure. We just did a um, we just did a pop up in Japan. In Japan? Yeah, not too long ago. Oh shit. Yeah. You have to come next time. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. What uh, I mean, what else are you guys trying to do to get more active? Is it like banking on internet, or would you like to see yourself doing more pop ups like that? Off, not even on some tour shit. Like, if no one's on tour, could you guys see yourself popping up in a place? Just be like, hey, here's some TV shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all up for discussion, but nah, definitely, absolutely. Right. That's dope. All right. Well, anyway, Corey, they were just there. You you missed the whole shit. <laughs> um, Alwa Gordon says, dude, thank you for the podcast. No problem, dog. I appreciate you <laughs> listening. That makes me smile. If you're watching this on the YouTube, because hey. I'm eventually going to get all this shit on YouTube. Oh, uh, die. I totally forget you was I know. I'm filming it in three ways. Um, yeah, you can see me smiling. Anyway, that stuff, the stuff 
that ex-punk artist was saying really hit home. I was forcing my dream on other people. Props, man. Okay, that was just a random fan comment. He's talking about uh, the dude that I just had Oliver Francis on there. That's dope. Yeah, he was really tight. Have you heard of him? Oliver Francis? No, no, no. You should look him up. So it was interesting because I did the podcast where I like met him on the podcast. I didn't know anything about him. That's crazy. It was really cool because I liked the idea of like being like, damn, okay, like, what if I don't know you? Like, yeah. if I'm in the elevator, someone might have a crazy story, but, like, what if you were forced to sit there and meet? Or all those organic times where you meet someone, like, what if someone recorded our conversation yeah. the first time we met? Yeah, yeah. It'd probably be tight. That would be tight. And that's what happened with him. I was, like, meeting this kid and his whole shit. He, like, is from Missouri, and he's got, like, 33 million views on his YouTube channel. Yeah. Just making music. And his goal was, like, I'm just going to put out a video every month. And Damn. it worked. It was crazy. Yeah. Shout out to Oliver Francis. And Damn. shout out to this dude for just leaving a random-ass comment. That was dope. <laughs> uh, my homie Brazil, he commented on here. He said, question, what book has impacted your life? Ooh, man. The Alchemist. The Alchemist. The Alchemist. I gotta read that. Paulo Coelho. Yeah. Everyone says that's a banger. Yeah. What's like one thing you took away from that book? I I don't know anything about it. I always say this quote, uh, this story. Um. So, so there the 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 background of this, the book is there's this kid. He's a like he's like a shepherd. So he raises sheep and sells them. Okay. And um, he has this dream of uh, I can't even remember what the dream is. But he has a oh he has a dream of like finding this treasure and being rich and blah blah blah. But his parents and his the town is like, you're crazy. Like, are you crazy? Blah, blah, blah. So this is a big metaphor of like you following your dreams, but people are telling you like, nah, you can't do that. You can't be you can't be a film guy, Ben. You right. know, like you can't be an artist, Matt. Like, that's fucking crazy. Right. So this kid is like, nah, like I really believe in it. So he goes on his journey. He, he works at a bank and he, <laughs> he works at right. Warner Bros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a clown. So Yo, time can I use a bathroom? No, we're almost done. Oh, we got like fuck. finish it. Finish finish it. This is it. This all is right. the last thing. All right, all right. So the kid is a shepherd, sells sheep, blah, 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 blah. Um, he finds out about this dude named the Alchemist. The Alchemist is like just this fucking guru. Like right. he just knows about life, right? right? So he goes on his journey to find him. People were like he meets people to send him on a journey to the alchemist. He finally finds the alchemist. And the alchemist is like like giving him gems, but in like a Mr. Miyagi way mm. to where it's like this, this simple shit. Him, yeah. yeah, this simple mind shit. And the kid is like, okay, whatever. But this, the thing that really stuck out to me the most was, so the alchemist had the kid hold a spoonful of oil. And he was like, I want you to walk around the forest. And I want you to look around, but I do not drop, a, do not spill a drop of oil. Right? So the kid is like, all right, whatever walks around the forest and he's like mad focused on the oil like to not drop it he walks around he finally gets back to the alchemist then alchemist is like so what did you think he's like think of what and he was like the forest he was like i didn't see it he was like why not he was like i was focused on not dropping the oil so he's like all right go around one more time look at the forest he goes around looks at the forest you know, he's looking at the forest, blah, blah, blah. He gets back to the alchemist, and he's like, the alchemist is like, what happened to the oil? He was like, oh, shit, I didn't even remember. Like, the oil was there. And he was like, life is about balance. It's about balancing focus, but also enjoying it. And I was like, damn. But there's so many 
quotes and stories oh, yeah. that's within that that book it's similar to that that's just one that stuck out to me i haven't read it in like a long ass time i need to reread it like especially with this yeah, perspective that too. that's an amazing book fuck book yeah people need to especially now with this whole net neutrality shit yeah motherfuckers really need to read books fuck yeah like it's gonna be so important yeah like, absolutely so important to yeah. spread information because they really about to like control the internet That's now you crazy. know so the uh alwa gordon this is the last question to answer as quick as possible yeah what is one tip you would give to an upcoming artist believe in yourself and keep going there you go that's it you have that's to pee it. you got piss real bad or something this is how we're gonna end the podcast you gotta go potty <laughs> okay I, w- I really was thinking like, all right, I'll stop this shit, let him go, but no, like, we're there. We yeah, talk- That was a good cool. story right there. Yeah. We'll have to do this again and shit. Yeah, man. This um, is tight. Yeah, so the out- project's coming out soon. Soon, yes. Uh, if you want to, if you're interested in what I do, all this stuff, please follow R.I.P. Matt Genius on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, I have a website, R.I.P.MattGenius.com. Mm. Um yeah man so just stay tuned on social and when you drop that shit they'll know yeah cool that's it when you think when is it supposed to come out when it's ready top of the year maybe Maybe. yes follow him might come out two years from now follow (laughs) his ass we don't know yeah all right dope dog i appreciate you coming on the shit and dropping your knowledge and hopefully empowering these motherfucking creators my guy thank you doggy thank you appreciate it you can go pee now Bye, bye, bye. That's it for episode 13 with Matt Genius. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Make sure to follow Matt on all platforms. Catch his next live show if he's got one in your area and buy some merch from his clothing company. You can find all these links in the show notes, which you can find at bwnc.com slash podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. Let me know what you loved about this interview. Also, if you're interested in joining the Black Window Cream private group for creators, visit bwnc.com slash join. And last but not least, buy some merch. All that merch helps me keep this thing alive. All right, subscribe to this channel. New episode every Sunday. See you next week, you bitch!